This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Returning to Eden, a field guide for the spiritual journey. Returning to Eden is a book by Heather Hamilton for people who resonate with aspects of Christianity but struggle with the coherence of its claims. After having a mystical experience that shattered her evangelical beliefs, Heather Hamilton found herself on the journey that every true spiritual seeker ultimately takes. The highest truths that set us free are hidden in places that most people are not looking. Returning to Eden re-examines the Bible stories of childhood and opens them up as symbolic maps into the inner world. Stories like Jonah and the Whale, the parting of the Red Sea, Noah's Ark, and the Virgin Birth are illuminated with penetrating depth and intellectual integrity. Faith is no longer a white-knuckled grip on implausible beliefs, but a relaxation into a deep inner knowing. You can purchase Returning to Eden by Heather Hamilton at Amazon.com or at ReturningToEden.com. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite, third favorite, fifth favorite, as long as we're in the top 10 favorite right. podcast, Apostates Anonymous. I am Matthew J. DiStefano, joined by none other than the guy who debated James White. That's right. Welcome. Some progressive guy that debated James White. Yeah, that's me. Some unknown author? <laughs> Are you an author? We don't know his name. We don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. It's Keith Giles. Uh, glad to be here with you, Matt. Uh, boy. What a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. It's been a really wild week. I um I watched the whole thing, man. It was like two hours. Shit was I saw long. it. You were in the chat. You and several other people were in the chat. Uh I was talking so it. much shit, dude. I was talking so much shit. It started <laughs> off as all your friends. I and know. It was like before the before it even started, it was like, oh shit, Matt's here. Oh shit, this yeah, is my, oh shit, my Timothy from bears. New Evangelicals are here. Yeah, all my square bears and, from square one and two and three were in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as the night went on, there was <laughs> more, more and more people yeah. with names like KJV only. Like that was in their name. Oh, like, like, I was like, oh, this is getting wild. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when it started to get a little crazy. Yeah, people were like, you don't, people were saying things like uh, the typical scaremongering, right? Like, you don't know the wrath of God. Yeah, You're not prepared awesome. to be, to live in a fraternity without God's presence and yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Got wild. It got wild. So, for those who don't know, you probably all know, Keith debated prominent doctor Air James quotes. White. Air quotes. Yeah. Um <laughs> James White, uh Calvinist reformed hardcore apologist. Yes. apologist. Yeah. Um the the I I don't really care about the doctorate thing, but um from an un, unaccredited online college Yes, but look, I wouldn't call myself a doctor. He's really smart, obviously. I wouldn't call guy. myself a doctor if I knew my, like, even if I got that education, I would. That's fine that you got the education. It might be great education. I'm not sure. That's the point. We don't know because it's unaccredited. Yep. Um. So I would just like not. I wouldn't introduce myself as Doctor Matthew DiStefano because 
that kind of like is a kick in the you know what to people who have doctorates like yeah, Katie I, Valentine or yeah medical things like that. Yeah, yeah. See, I I I wouldn't even attend a school like that, like an unaccredited online theological seminary. And the only reason I could think of for I mean, again, I'm not saying this was James White's motivation. I'm telling you myself. If I was sitting around scrolling through the internet and I came across an ad for an unaccredited online theological school that was offering a doctorate. The only reason I can think of for wanting to sign up for that and spend money and time and energy on that is so that when at the end of it, I could say, I'm a doctor. You know what I mean? I don't even know why else would you do that? Okay. It's not accredited. Um, Why would, and it's online. So why would I even bother to do that? If you know what I mean? I just don't understand. What's your motivation? Because most people are just going to not question it. Uh huh. Like I, I had a pastor who introduced himself as doctor. And, you know, in the context of church, you're like, oh, he's a doctorate in theology. Yes. Well, it was one of those kind of not real. P- it's not a PhD. It's not a real doctorate. I don't know the, the circumstances surrounding it. And it was in biology. Yeah. So it's no, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you're on a plane, you're like, is there a doctor? And you're like, run over. You're like, I'm a doctor. And you're like a doctorate of philosophy. That's inappropriate. <laughs> Even if your doctorate's <laughs> legitimate, you'd be like, he's the man's dying. Yeah, well, we're all going to die someday. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, we're looking for a medical doctor. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like, yeah, if you, if you, if you represent yourself in a theological, like behind a pulpit, right? And, I'm Dr. Keith Giles, and I'm preaching a sermon today. And later on, you find out it's a doctor of veterinary medicine. It's sort of like, well, then why did you mention the doctor part? Or not mention the veterinary medicine part. Or just, yes, if you're going to do that, do one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make a joke about it. Be a little self, you know, deprecating. Be like, oh, but it's not a theology. So, yeah, Yeah. veterinary medicine. So anyway, the meat of the, the, uh, I said, almost said podcast, the meat of the debate, very formal. Before we get into it, got a little, I got a little something, something for everyone. We have a reaction, yes. We have a reaction, and then we'll react to the actual event and maybe the reaction. But I don't even know if this, re- I don't know if this reaction even needs reaction because it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> it's pretty self, yes. This motherfucker. <laughs> Did you happen? To catch the debate between the right Reverend Good Doctor <laughs> James White and Keith Giles on the topic of what is marriage. Now, listen, that is a broad topic with a broad, multifaceted answer. But they did pretty good with the format of the debate. But I mean, there's so much going on during this debate that I ain't even got time to break it down. But as a black woman in America, the one thing that I walked away didn't really have much to do with marriage. There was a point in this debate where Keith Giles asked this man flat out his position concerning slavery and the fact that the church Christianity has basically evolved from slavery and that was something that was biblical as well and asked him his position on this man one did not answer the question that's the first thing first thing he did not answer the motherfucking question but what he did do was pull a black friend out the back of his ass not just a black friend the blackest yes this motherfucker said the blackest (laughs) and then said he was married to an albino 
I don't even know. He lost me on all of that because he never answered the question, but he pulled a black friend out of his ass. Listen, anytime you respond to a question about race with the fact that you either got black family or a black friend, you already done lost the motherfucking argument where I'm concerned because it shouldn't be necessary. It should be a clean cut motherfucking answer about whether or not slavery in this country was ordained by God. Even though it was biblical, was it right? Was it godly? The answer to that question is no, motherfucker. Not I got the blackest friend married to a white albino. Oh my God, help us black Jesus. I look, I was already thinking that this man was some kind of white nationalist just by the way that he was talking. Some kind of Christian nationalist. And he put the icing on the cake at the end when he made some kind of halfway shady ass joke about wearing masks. Listen to me. I don't know where they find these people, but the bottom line is love God, love people. And mind your motherfucking business. And next time somebody asks you whether or not slavery was of God, say no, ho. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Ugh, I can't almighty. top that. I, I gotta, I gotta say, I told December this. That was December Rose, everybody. December Rose, everybody. The amazing, the incredible. Choir author, co-host of Heretic Happy Hour, December Rose. <laughs> I, I told her, I was like, right when she sent sent me that, I was like, no, James White, I got the blackest friend. I was funny because I was, I, was, um, I was waiting to get my hair cut in like a little alley. I was like 10 minutes early and December sent me that and I was listening to it on speakerphone. And so it sounds like it didn't have the music, right? I put the music right. on there. It just, it sounded like a voicemail. She was listening to me. And so some black dude was walking down the street, like looking at like, what the hell is this context? Right. <laughs> this black lady's yelling at this thing. Yes. And I'm just laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I, he thought was going on there. So uh, <laughs> you sent it to me and I was sitting at the airport in Houston waiting for my flight back to El Paso. Um, ironically, I, I'm just going to go in and admit and confess. I was sitting at a Chick-fil-A at the Houston airport uh, eating eating a go. chicken sandwich because, uh, look, I got I had to eat something. And yeah. um, and you sent it to me. And so I'm listening to it uh, sitting at the table. And, dude, I'm laughing out loud. <laughs> I am laughing so hard. People around me are looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? Sitting by himself in a Chick-fil-A laughing his ass off. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, hilarious, dude. So great. Thank yeah. you, December. Thank you so much. He, he he pulled a whole black man out of his ass. <laughs> pulled a black friend out of his ass. Oh my gosh, December! Like seriously, <sighs> that that was that's comedy. Honestly, like that's stand up. Com- that's stand stand up comedy. Yeah, like the timing, and there, I didn't edit nothing. Oh, yeah. Like the timing of it. It's yep. like it reminded me of like like Chris Rock's uh, timing. Yes, it was. I mean, it was on point. Yes, December. If you ever decide to do some stand up, uh, well, I will be there. I think there. you would do a wonderful job. I'll be there all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. So, yeah, this uh, this debate on <clears throat> biblical marriage um, happened as we're recording this. It was happened Wednesday of this week. So, um, what was that? February, February the 8th. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, I knew who James White was and 
I had seen him debate this topic. It's actually on YouTube. You can see him debating this three or at least three times before um, our debate, which gave me a bit of an advantage. I knew already kind of where he was coming from and things like that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I'll just say, I, I, I went into it. My strategy was not to win the debate. I was because I I didn't want to play his game. I didn't want to meet him at, at his level. Uh, my my goal and my strategy was I'm just going to come in and I want to present. Like to me, for me, it's an opportunity. I get to stand. There were over 200 people in the room, right? And and right now the video has been viewed by close to 10,000 people. Yeah, it was popular. There was yeah. a lot of people live streaming it too. Hundreds. Oh yeah. Yes. Maybe even, so, I don't know what it got up to. It was hundreds at the start, but it seemed like it got more, more popular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, this morning, the views were like 9,900 something, um, views. That's a, so, good, that's a good first week. It's pretty good for, yeah, the first couple of days. Yeah. So, um, so I just said, look, this is my opportunity to say some things to that, to basically white's audience, right? The, the, white had home court advantage. White, the, white in double, double entendre, James yes, White a, and the white and, folks and the white, uh, white nationalist <laughs> the, uh, viewpoint. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I was the visitor, you know, uh, oh, to you this were, yeah, game. it was an, it was an away game. That's it was definitely sure. an away game. Even the ref, even the moderator, you could even tell the moderator was, was yeah. yes. Yeah. Home, yeah. A hometown guy. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, you know, it's just my opportunity. Like, okay, I get to say things to, to, to that, that audience. I want to, I wanted to, so I did everything. I, I said everything I wanted to say. I made every to groom point them. I wanted to make. Right. What? You wanted to groom them, right? Well, I wanted to at least plant some seeds, <laughs> put it that way, and say, yeah. look, first of all, there's another just, way to read the Bible. Right you know, yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. there's the flat Bible view. That's the view I used to have. That's the view he has, which I think is funny because halfway through, he, he he decided he didn't like that. And he's like, oh, no, I'd, I'd reject that. But no. But no, you it's still, a shot. You but you still, shot you, but you still uh, look at the Bible exactly the way I described. So yeah. you may not want to call like it the, you don't, Bible. Yeah, you don't like the title that you but get. But you, yeah. you're still doing it. Anyway, right. so I, I wanted to present the Jesus-centric view of Scripture. And what's ironically, I do that using Scripture. Um, and then I you know, I just want to say like, the difference between things that are biblical and things that are Christ-like. So that was the one of the main things. The second thing I wanted to do was to present the evidence from the both from the Jewish Talmud and the Mishnahs and uh, and all that and again, tons of evidence on that um, that they they recognize six different genders and then to say that aligns with the scientific evidence from biology that they also recognize six different genders. Um, so, so I did that. I like that you started with the Bible. I remember thinking like, oh, I'm glad you're starting here because that's the yeah. disconnect for people. That's that it. Yes, is that. James's entire premise rests on um, starting with the Bible. Oh, yeah. And, and yours doesn't necessarily do that. So then, yeah, you, like you're right. Um, you're going to have he, – he pressed arguments with that premise in mind. Yes. And I think, I think you did a good job of not playing, playing that game. If I had one critique, I think he pushed the Matthew 19 thing a lot and tried to push you around with that. Yes. And I think I was like thinking to myself, like, why are we spending so much goddamn time on this one passage? Because White's whole premise rests on it. It does. And there, and there was one time where you, I think you finally got to the, to the crux of like with the orange juice analogy. Yes. That, that, and I pulled but, that, t- pulling things out of your ass. I pulled that out of my ass. No, but it was good, but you missed the punchline. <laughs> oh. 
because they moved you on too quick. It wasn't your fault. You yeah. finally got there. I was like, Keith, you got to get there. Because it's like, it, you come at me with the night Matthew 19 thing. I would simply say like, well, it seems weird to base like this entire discussion on Jesus being pressed about it, like a gotcha question, which right. ironically is what James was doing to you. That's right. So you were almost playing roles of you were Jesus and, and he, he was, was the Pharisees. pressing <laughs> Jesus. And, and you got there and you said, you said something about like, or juice and sugar are the ingredients. But yeah. then the pun the punchline is that doesn't mean that lemonade isn't valid. No, no, you're right. And so that's right. That's what I would that's what I would have gone on to say is like, but there's right? also apple juice and there's yes. lemonade. But they moved you on and, and I was coffee. Like, no, the punchline, the punchline, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just hoping that I had made the analogy enough that people who were I think you did trying to think would go, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, that's right. Because he, yeah. you're right. See, he did. He he kept taking me back. And I'll just say, I was honestly perplexed. Like, like that's, you know, so in my rebuttal, you know, I saved it for the rebuttal because I, because I knew, and he did exactly what I was, I knew he was going to do. So, and, and, and um, I knew he was going to say, Keith says we should follow Jesus, but he says nothing about, he doesn't quote Jesus. And he says nothing about Jesus never brings this up. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad he said that because that's my rebuttal is to go in and talk about the Matthew 19 passage and, and explain the whole thing going into the eunuch. Uh, thing that Jesus brings up, right? And it's the whole thing. See, he he takes Matthew 19 and it's he stops at the quotation of Genesis. Mm -hmm. And that's the end. That's the end. But it's not the end. It's like the, the, the conversation continues. The passage, the, the context continues, right? Mm -hmm. And that was my point to say, let's look at the entire thing, the whole thing. Um, but he kept pushing it. You know, and should be noticed when he was pushing it during the QA session. He, he kept trying to get me to say, when Jesus says, quotes Genesis, that's the answer to the question, isn't it? That's the end of the statement. It's obviously not, because no. then there's another statement and another question, and then the disciples react, and then he answers the disciples. It's an ongoing conversation. It doesn't stop there, but he needs it to stop there. He cannot allow the fact that what I was saying was that the whole context is Jesus following this principle that he does throughout his entire teaching ministry— He'll quote something known from the Old Testament scriptures. Moses says, the Bible says, don't, don't, don't your scriptures say, he'll quote it. And then he'll say, but I say to you. Now, he may not say exactly, but I say to you, but what he does is he shifts and he twists and he says, now, but let me introduce another idea that you haven't considered, right? That's new, something different. And that's what he's doing why. in that passage. I don't know why James can't figure this out. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I know why, because he, he can't afford to. Well, sure. But you made a good point about like the end of Matthew 5 compared to Deuteronomy 28. Yes. And James is why does this whole common, well, he does common grace thing. No, like the Deuteronomic theology, it is very black and white. The yes, righteous will have rain and the wicked will have their crops dried up. They yes. won't get rain. They'll get dust. Yeah, it is a contradiction. And he doesn't want it to be. He, it's a direct contradiction. And there's more evidence. I mean, they, look at Job's friends. They obviously believed in this type of yes. theology. They looked at Job's life and bad things were happening. So, so therefore they start blaming Job. That's right. You must have sinned. You must have sinned. Yeah. This is the theological mindset. And Jesus is saying, no, actually God only blesses. God is not Janus faced. God is not two faced. God is not yeah. split bipolar in some way. God blesses only that. Yep. And he doesn't want to go there because he can't go there, like you said. Yeah. 
Well, so I also wrote a uh, I wrote a blog post just before we jumped on to record this. Um, so it's up it's on my, on my blog right now, keithjohns.com. <clears throat> because I was thinking about this. I, I, I can't stop thinking about this whole debate thing. Um, and well, and just in reference to even to December's, the clip we just played from December, that again, during the Q&A, I, I asked him a specific question. And I said, you know, because if, if everything has to be biblically based, then can you using only the Bible make a strong case for why sin, why slavery is wrong or a sin? And he didn't even try to because he can't. Um, because he takes such this hardline, literal, biblicist perspective, right? So because he can't do that, because he has to say, no, every word in the Bible is God said it. God, it's, mm -hmm. it's the word of God. And God did say these things about slavery. So the best he can do is try to um, soften some of it or, or, well, let me tell you what it really means, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when he does the bullshit thing about how, oh, when God— um, when God told them to take those those young girls, those virgins for themselves, that was God's mercy. Like, dude, you are justifying child sexual slavery and rape by by saying, by trying to convince us that that was God's mercy. His mercy, in, it, right after he just told his people to kill the moms and the dads and the brothers and the sisters of those same girls. Um, but now all of a sudden there's mercy. But how does that mercy play out? Well, you're going to be my concubine, right? Like, that's not mercy. How do you say that's mercy? But White needs it to be mercy because he's taking this hardline approach. But yeah, their whole thing is built on, I would say, a straw man. Like, nowhere in the Bible. He tried to make the case that just because Jesus, like, affirms things in the Bible and Jesus has had a Bible, quote unquote, that he it's quoted, somehow he quotes he quoted Moses. the Bible. That must mean he, he, he accepts all That's of That's so it. absurd because in our Bible, in Jude, it quotes First Enoch, which is in 99% of, which is not in 99% of Christians' Bibles. It's only right. in the Ethio Ethiopian Coptic canon. Yeah, and Paul quotes um, pagan Athenian uh, poets and philosophers. And, yeah. Paul in, in references Acts. wisdom of Solomon, which is apocryphal in Protestant yep. Bibles. Like the whole thing is absurd. I mean, yeah. but December's right. Like the big takeaway I had, and I'm not a black man or a black woman. I still had the, the big takeaway was like the crazy shit that he was saying that had nothing to do with marriage. Yeah. Like the, 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 I got a black friend thing. That was just wild, man. Like you still, you, the go-to so I'm not racist as I got the blackest friend. And, so, and by the see, way, he's married to an albino woman. Yeah, yeah. So, but this this is what I find so interesting and odd about that exact response. Because the response that he gave um, is basically that, well, I'm not racist because I have a black friend. Um, well, but why all of a sudden, did I accuse him of being a racist? No. My question wasn't, yeah. Dr. White Prove are you, you are not a racist. <laughs> right. My question was about using the scripture. Can you prove that slavery is wrong? And then his response is, oh, Keith, I'm not a racist. Well, well how did you jump over there? How did you jump from? Because there's such an the insecurity in yes. people. Like they, yes. they can't even like, you'll be like, oh, who's that guy over there? He's like, oh, the black guy. You know, you can't even <laughs> say black. Like, like yeah. it's like, but no black people are asking you to act like this. Like it's yes. just the response to like, Feeling like you have to tiptoe or you can't ignore, like it, it goes back to the whole thing of I don't see color. Yeah, bitch, you do. Yes. Like we all do. And that's demeaning too, because when December calls, I'm like, 
I think of December, I'm not like, oh, I don't see color. No, I see a strong black woman. Yes. So why? of course you see color and celebrate that. Yes. They, they, no one's asking like, oh, please don't see my color. Right. No, see the <laughs> color, see the differences and and embrace it and champion it. But there's there's so many white people who are like so uneasy and weird about it that yeah. it's like, oh, you mentioned, oh, I got to mention that I'm not racist. I got to remind everyone again. Who are you reminding? Yourself. You're trying to That's remind right. yourself that you're not racist. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It feels a little bit like, you know, that whole, you, you protest too much. Right. How yep. do you, why are, why are you getting so personally, like as if I'm personally attacking yeah. you? I'm not. But see, his identity is so tied to the Bible because, and therefore his view of the Bible forces him to say things that he knows sounds racist. Of course. So he has to like, well, what? Uh, but it's like, okay, but think about it, dude. If 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 holding to that position makes you sound racist, then doesn't it mean the that view of the Bible kind of creates a racist kind of a perspective? I think, like, I think it allows for it. It's, yeah, you're it, boxing yourself in. Yeah, it's not. I don't think the text itself is one thing or the other. I think it just our view no, of agree. the text either allows for it or puts up like safeguards against it. Yeah. And I think I think the error and the danger of a view like like whites is that it leads to the promulgation of slavery, racism, yeah. homophobia, patriarchy, anti-woman, anti-trans. I mean, of course, they had to go with the uh, the you know what is a woman thing. They had to make those comments. Oh, too. ha ha! Everyone laughed, right? Yeah, everyone what, laughed. All the Christians in there laughed. But again, but it gave me the opportunity to say what I had said in the in the opening that um, yeah, you might look and say, oh, that's a woman, but we know biologically, genetically, there is a spectrum. It is not and the case that it's only XX or XY. There are there is there's YY, there's XXY, there's Y. There's like there, no, there's all these different variations of it, and that that is they're not. It's not like oh, this is an aberration. This is like no, these are normal human genders there are six of them and they, and they you just cannot just go nuance. on the surface they can't do nuance no. like you know he, he would sit there and say there's a gender binary they'd make well what is a woman i don't think okay what is a woman i don't know i don't know what a woman is because i don't need to know right if someone says like you know what i mean like okay so is 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 it a is someone a woman if they have a vulva and a clitoris and internal testes well if they say they're a woman yeah, but he would then say, "Oh, that's intersex." Yeah, I agree. So you believe, so you believe in three genders, right? Because someone who has a vulva and a clit, and we're talking sex, and they're conflating sex and gender, right? That's so right. That's I'll what's con- happening. I'll, confla- yeah. I'll conflate it here too. Just I'll, I'll talk on their <laughs> terms, I guess. But do you know what I mean? Like he he wouldn't probably say that that's a woman if they have. Okay, so a woman does have testes. Because this is what I, where I'd pin him on it. Okay, so you're yeah. saying that woman who has a you if you if she was naked you could say oh that's a that's yeah. a woman well but so, okay so she has testes though inside right internal testes yes okay so women have testes doctor yeah White. yeah you're right no that that's right oh no 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 okay but so testes are only for men okay so men have vulvas oh no 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 okay so you you think there's three yeah so so at we're least right with so it's not yeah. binary yeah, it might right. be trinary yeah. for you right that's right you could actually you could yeah yeah i could have i could have taken that i wish i had a, if i could go back in time i would do that i would say Okay, yeah, I would pin them on something like that and say, if if you have someone and they have a vulva uh, and a clitoris and a womb, 
Is that a woman? Yes. Okay, but that's, this person is intersex. They also have testes. So women have testes. Yeah. No, men have testes. Okay, so it's a man. But now right. it's a man with a vulva and a womb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no. no. Okay, so then, so what would you call that? Would that be a third gender? So that's not binary anymore. Yes. Yeah, so, so now there you go. And you can't, and again, that's why I tried to make the point too, because this blew my mind when I was researching it, that it, again, there, there, there's a, there's so many different classifications, right? There, there's, there's gay, there's trans, there's intersex, right? And so if we just look at intersex, the fact is that there are, um, est- and this is an estimate, but actually it's a low estimate because so many people are sort of invisible intersex where they, they're not obviously intersex and then they don't disclose that. Mm-hmm. So we're just basically looking on the data that we do have access to, that there are 156 million people in the world today, estimated, and that's a low estimate, who are who are intersex. Now, <clears throat> in comparison, you may think because it's it works out to 1.2 percent of the population, and you and you say, oh, 1.2 percent is not that many. Yeah, that's 156 million, and you can still say 156 million compared to 7 billion people. That's still not a lot. the The population of Russia is 143 million. That means there are more people on this planet who are intersex than there are people in Russia. Is Russia a small country? Is that a small place? You know what I mean? Like, you cannot dismiss this number. You cannot act like this is some insignificant thing. This is reality on planet Earth. Yeah. And and these are human beings. And that intersex, um, that, that classification of intersex what what biologists call that what what they call that is it is a normal modality it is it is a normal human um gender it's not uh it's not some aberration it's not some weird little glitch um like he well, wants think, to call it a birth yeah. defect he he calls it a birth defect he called it an error actually yeah, he used error. The word so those error. people are yeah. errors yeah yeah thanks a lot and again we're conflating sex and gender because and i and i don't get why why like people like him or uh, I, I think of Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro want to yeah. do that. It's like as if, okay, so if we're talking about sex and we're talking biologically, it's yeah. it's as if then gender and it doesn't count even if it doesn't match up with the biology. Right. No, as if true. sociology, because I was listening to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Ben Shapiro talk about this and it's like, Ben was failing to understand that sociology is a science. He's like, I want to do it scientifically. And it's like, what do you think social science is? Like you took it in class. I took it. We all took it in class. You had to take social sciences. Yes. Like, so why, why if, if gender uh, belongs in the sociology category, why is that all of a sudden not valid? (laughs) Like sociology is a human sciences. Yeah. I think, I think I'm just guessing. I think, they tend to, when they hear social sciences or sociology, they equate it with sort of like culture, like fads and what's popular, which is a, it, it well, you know, it comes yeah. and goes like, you know, bell bottoms and, uh, but that's what it means to study human culture. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's not just those things, but it involves those things because we're studying human behavior and yeah. psychology comes into it sociology comes into it anthropology yeah. comes into it why are those not that those are all very valid things yes well this is ben so, shapiro knows this so does matt yeah. walsh they know this yeah see this is something where too if i if i felt like if i had more time uh it, it was so bizarre that was a two and a half hour debate and yet i still end up feeling like i didn't have enough time 
You know what I mean? Because the way it's structured and the way it's, I really did not like the way it was structured. But, um, I mean, I, I, I wish I could have had time to push back on this idea. Cause again, the other sort of underlying assumption that white and others have when they talk about, uh, people that are gay or trans or intersex or things like this, they act like it's a choice. Mm-hmm. They act like, well, why are people, why, why are people, why are young people identifying as gay, as lesbian, as bi, as intersex or trans, whatever, um, well, well, intersex is different because that's bio- biological. But you know, they would say for these other other categories, why are people doing it? Why are more young people doing it? Well, it's popular. Yeah. They want to fit in. Listen, my, yeah. dude, this is what I would say. Listen, go talk to any teenage kid in junior high or high school who who identifies as bi or lesbian, right, or or, or as a, as a gay person or queer. I promise you, they are bullied. I promise mm-hmm. you, they are not celebrated. They're not the most popular people in their schools, right? So they are, no, they are not choosing this because they want to fit in because by doing that, they are not fitting in. They are putting a target on their back, which is, you know, it's hard enough to go through junior high or high school anyway, Mm -hmm. as a young person, you're going to get attacked for all kinds of things. You're going to be body shamed and all kinds of stuff. Now let's add another layer and say, I'm, I'm gay or I'm queer or I'm trans, dude. You are not doing that because you want to be the most popular person in your freaking school. Yeah. And right? it's better than it, it's better than it used to be, which is probably why we see uh, an uptick in people right. who identify as that. There's but the same thing acceptance. happened yes. when we accepted left-handed people. Did all yeah. of a sudden left-handed people start sprouting out? I'm going to lose my left hand and be left-handed. No. I'm going to choose to be was, left-handed because, you know, I just want to be cool. That's how this works. When it becomes yeah. accepted, it goes up and then it plateaus to where it should have been. Yes. But the suppression of of the numbers are are due to the oppression and ostracization and scapegoating of LGBTQ people and That's them right. being afraid and underrepresented because they don't divulge the information. Yep. So you would see it go up yep. a lot and then eventually if it's completely acceptable in society 100% through and through, it'll eventually plateau. Yeah, and then um he didn't do it in this debate, but I, in some of the other debates I watched with White, um he would pull out this thing about well condemning homosexual homosexuality and people that practice homosexuality um is love because look at the statistics right uh, in fact our friend our pal pal did this as well our pal, pal. Uh, he would say look at the look, look at uh, the death rate you know mm-hmm. people who are they 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 um they have a higher mortality rate yes and let's stop and ask why because yep. probably half of that number they're killing themselves they're committing suicide because of people like you Mr. White, yep. Mr. MacArthur, um, and many, many others from the pulpit, you're saying they're mistakes. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they're errors. Yep. They or or worse, they're an abomination. Yeah. Um, and and that spreads, right? It spreads to the point where people in your congregations believe this so much that this is so offensive to God. This is such uh, an affront to the holiness of God that they will go and get their shotgun and go to the nearest gay nightclub and and shoot it up. And think that God is blessing that because you're you're doing God's work, right? Mm-hmm. That message, that language is contributing to the oppression and to the point of, uh, again, th- this is a, this is another thing that kills me is like the big, the underlying message. If, if you go back, if you watch it, if you haven't watched it yet, or, or just go back and watch it if, you, if you've seen it before. Look at White's closing argument. It's all through his whole argument, but it's, it's certainly in his closing argument. What does he bring up? The fear. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my guys, we have to stand up for for righteousness. We can't allow this same sex marriage thing to continue. We can't allow homosexuality and trans and intersex and all this stuff to be acceptable because if we do, it's the end of society as we know it. It's going to be the end, you know all this horrible, horrible doom and gloom, all this danger. And I want to say, wow. So your your whole point is we should listen to you because of some some horrible, evil, awful thing that might happen. Maybe it might happen. In the future. And I would say right now, there's some pretty horrible things going on at this very moment. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of young people are taking their own lives because people like you are telling them they are not human and that God hates them and God can't accept them and they will not enter the kingdom of God. There's already a crisis. There's already human beings dying and suffering because of what's going on. And I would say, let's fix that. Let's let's turn that around. That is an actual, not an imaginary future, maybe possible thing that might happen in the future. It's a horrible thing that is happening right now, absolutely happening today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as followers of Christ, we should be concerned about that. People that actually, young people, children, right, that are that are taking their own lives or being killed. And sometimes there's violence done against them. Yep. Um, that to me is, that's the evil that is happening. Not the, I'd rather focus on that, not the one that might happen or might not happen. Yeah, they they do that a lot with like black violence too. And you have to keep asking why, why, why? Socioeconomic issues. When people yes. are ostracized, they 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 make riskier behaviors. That's right. I noticed you that. Put them I in mean, a box. You put people yeah. in a situation where they're desperate. And what else can they do? That that part of society will will make choices and and have situations and not even choices, but things are just pressed upon them. Yes. Uh, it has nothing to do with race, religion, color, creed, sexual orientation. It has to do with what is your socioeconomic status? What is your neighborhoods like? Can you get the same access to services and goods in society? Yeah. The answer is no in many cases for the communities that engage in, you know, or have to engage in this this kind of behavior or make choices. to. I mean, so it's it's very complicated, yes. and And there are statistics that show that, you know, I don't know if they're accurate, but gay people are more promiscuous. Gay people do this and that. It's like, okay, but why? Right, exactly. Again, again, because when you're pushed to the fringes of society, those populations tend to make riskier choices in life. Yeah, because we have yeah, because we have made it so that they're they're not able to have the same kind of freedoms. Yeah. That we it's do. Structurally violent. To and express I ourselves, out, yeah. to be who we want, to be who we are. Right. Yeah. We, we've set it up so that, well, we can do that, but you can't. And then we, then we turn around and say, well, look how, look how they're promiscuous. Yeah. Because you won't let them get married. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, I mean, come on. Like, um, these, these are the, the people of freedom, right? The party of freedom, the oh, conservatives yeah. are all about freedom. It's like, why, why are you pushing so back, so far back or so much back against people who are just wanting to express themselves freely in the way that they are, the way they say they are, the way they report to be? Yeah. And then you want to you stop that. You want to prevent it. You want to put up walls. And it's like, do you not see the contradiction? No? Okay. Yeah. Well, see, this is, again, this is, this, all of this is wrapped together, right? This is why, like in December, making the comment about, you know, the Christian nationalism and all that stuff. Um, it's all wrapped together because it's not enough for people like white and others who hold this very hyper biblical position to just say, well, the Bible, I believe the Bible says this, this God's will for him, for, for me is this, and therefore I'm going to practice it. End of story. 
No, it's that they take it to the next level of saying, well, because this is what God wants and this is what's right and everything else is wrong, then now I need to impose that upon everyone around me. Everyone needs to do this, even if they're not a Christian. And if I have to, uh, you know, again, the, the way the way that um, white evangelical Christians in America have gone about the process of quote unquote evangelism has not been modeling and sharing the loving, compassionate, you know, uh, life of Christ uh, in their communities. It's been to come over the top with political power to pass laws and pass policies in our nation that favor the Christian view and force mm-hmm. people that are not Christians to act as if they are. Because and mainly because I I think because it just makes white evangelical Christians feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't like when I'm driving down the road in my city and I see a mosque. I don't like that. I don't like the idea that, you know, when I hear that my kids are at school and they're learning that there's multiple genders uh, or that they're that gay being homosexual or gay is normal, that makes me uncomfortable. So I want to pass laws where I don't have to have that happen. It won't happen. So, you know, there was a big thing um, when I was when I was in high school and college. Uh, thankfully, it's not as bad anymore. It's morphed into some different kind of different ways. But there was an entire marketplace built around this uh, sort of evangelical Christian bubble where we made a, uh, you know, we had Christian music, we had Christian movies, we had Christian, like, so we created a, an alternative version of the world mm-hmm. that was Christianized, right? So you don't have to go bowling at a secular bowling alley. Come to the Christian bowling lane. Don't go to the secular roller skating ring. Go to the Christian roller skating ring. Don't listen to secular music. Listen to Christian music. Right? There was So there was a, we created sort of this, fake version of the world of reality um, and that, that, that was our own little Christian bubble that we could live in and feel comfortable. But now it's gotten to the place where it's like, let's expand that bubble to people that don't want to live in that bubble. <laughs> let's just make it so like everybody like it or not has to listen to Christian music, has to bowl at the Christian bowling alley, has to like go to the theater and watch left behind or whatever bullshit is you know, or what it that God's not dead and bullshit. can't read books that we say they yes, can't. you can't read books that disagree with my viewpoint. Like, no, this is this is getting out of control. And, and again, they're so um, myopic is the word where they're they're so focused on themselves that even when they're trying to advance what they think you know our le- legislation that they think is going to create that world, they don't even notice how it it has an opposite effect. All these Christians that have been pushing for like prayer in schools, right? And there have been states that have done this, like I think Tennessee and Kentucky and things like this, mm-hmm. states in the South, have literally passed laws either that, that prayer is allowed in schools or, or that um, the Bible will be taught as a course in public school. And what they don't understand is that, okay, great. So like, let's take the prayer thing, for example. So if you're going to make it so that now there's public prayer in school, well, then you just open it up to, to Buddhists and Hindus. And Muslims. So now Muslim kids can take their prayer mats and mm-hmm. they can roll them out three times a day and kneel down and pray in the hallway or in the classroom because you just passed a law saying that they have the religious right to do that. Is that what you intended? No, but that's what you're doing. Like they don't even recognize that that's what they're doing. It doesn't even enter their mind that that could, that they have just created that possibility because they're so focused on they let's just pass laws to get what we want. And they re, they forget that, oh yeah, America isn't all white Christians. It's not. That's another big shocker. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not a Christian nation. No, it's really not. No. Sorry. Sorry to let you uh, let you know that. 
But yeah, so this debate was, I, I was very grateful that I had the opportunity. I definitely look back on it and say, well, there's things I wish I'd have done or said different. Um, or if I could like go back secondhand, like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I should do this or that. But overall, again, I'm, I'm very, very happy. I did everything I wanted to do. I said what I wanted to say, the main things I wanted to say. Um, and I didn't play his game. Um, one of my strategies was because I do know that Dr. White can come across smug and condescending. Mm -hmm. uh, you may not have noticed that, but he can. And so my some, goal some was of us that, I am, that. Yeah. I'm going to be as, as winsome and kind and Christ-like as I can possibly be. So that in addition to whatever we're saying, it's also how we're saying it. It's mm -hmm. the way we're communicating it. It's the spirit that we're coming at the, the yeah. conversation. And I, and I wanted to just create a contrast between the two of us. And you know what? I'd say, 90% of the comments I've received from people have been on that fact. It that has fact, been specifically yeah. on that. The Keith, yeah, you did a good job. I like what you said, but man, I really liked the way you modeled a Christ-like spirit and you didn't, you didn't come across as condescending or anything like that. So yeah. that part worked. So I'm very happy. <laughs> happy yeah, that no, that's, that was definitely something I noticed. It was like, you weren't, like, I wouldn't say he was attacking you. Um, no, he didn't. He, he but, was, mild compared to what i've seen him do in the past but what what he said about certain people groups of which i am one yeah and how he said it yeah he just offhandedly likened us to murderers oh yes because you yeah, made something about part, you, yes. you asked him like how many gay people you hang out with how many you know like how many people do you know and or just would you just hang out with them yeah like would you just hang out with murderers Oh, bro. Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. Really? No, I, I didn't. I think it was a, it was a question from the audience. Somebody had asked a question, okay. Doctor White, something about like that, and he said, "Well, that's such an odd question about hanging out with gay people. Like, you, how many murderers do you hang out with?" I was like, "Oh, way to go! You just compared people who are gay to murderers." Yeah. Yep. But but again, I loved that. I loved that. I, I didn't like the response, but I loved because I get, I got to rebut. I, I get a chance to reply to the same question. For, I get like a minute or something. Yeah. Or 30 seconds or maybe. And so, yeah, I got to say, hey, Jesus did. Don't think about, oh, how many murderers do you hang out with? Oh, Jesus hung out with murderers, prostitutes, you know, sinners. Yeah. Why Why is that beneath you? Why can't you? I, I also loved the uh, contraception question from the audience that he was going on and on and this, like, and you were just like, no. Yeah. Like, is contraception a sin? Yeah. No. Yeah. He went, yeah, he went to this big, long, convoluted thing. And Which I, I honestly couldn't like, follow yeah, what he was it, saying. Did, did he have, did either. you think he came? I mean, I felt like he was coming across along on, on the side that there was a, did he, didn't he say something like it was a bad idea? Like the church missed, they should have pushed yeah. back against contraception. Like, so it was bad. Like, yeah. I think, I think he was suggesting that contraception was not God's will and was right. not a good thing. Right. So yeah, my answer was just, no, it's not a sin. No, God doesn't care about that. In Just fact, crazy. put a condom on people. Do Please something. wear a condom. Please. Oh my yeah. gosh, dude. Yeah. So I'm actually secretly hoping. Um, I've been, I've been, I planted some seeds while I was there in the uh, in the mind of the guy that hosted it at the church first first Lutheran in Houston, because um, he he picked me up and, and drove me to you know to the airport and to the hotel and all that. Uh -huh. um, so when we were driving in the car together afterwards. I was like, "Hey, man." He said something like, Hey, you know, you did a good job. I really appreciate it. You know, he's still on the, he's on the side of white, sure. of course. Yeah. He goes, yeah, you know, you did a good, good defense. I really, you know, you, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, 
Well, you know, I've been trying to find somebody willing to debate me on eternal conscious torment. And if you could set it up that Dr. White and I could debate eternal conscious torment at your church, it's an automatic yes. I would be, I'm in. I want to do it. Um, Because it is, that's true. I cannot find anyone willing to do that. And Dr. White does believe in eternal conscious torment. I don't know that he's debated it. I should look it up and see if he's ever debated Hmm. it before. That'd be an interesting one. Um, But oh my gosh, dude. I would. I'm salivating at the idea of being. Because I think to that go. you'd be you'd be stronger in that one than the. Oh this yeah, one. I've got that one. Yeah, I, and, and yeah, and so I should probably say too. Yeah, this is a topic that I, <clears throat> I, I had to do a ton of research to get ready for. So um, I already knew some of the things that I shared, but like the flat Bible stuff and all that. Um, I, I was aware of the intersex stuff, uh, data and stuff like that. But like the the thing about the the Jewish. Um, the town with the missionaries and all the stuff that was new to me. So I was like, Oh wow, that's cool. Um, and I got a lot of help from people. Um, so, um, Dr. Jennifer bird, who we interviewed on, um, heritage happy hour. She mm-hmm. spent, she, she basically sent me her book, uh, one chapter at a time as she was writing it. She's writing a book on biblical marriage right now. We had a, she, she and I had a zoom call together as well. and talked about some things. Uh, Katie Valentine helped me, uh, mm-hmm. as well. We, she and I had a call, David Bentley Hart um, answered some questions directly for me. Like he, he was the one that pointed out to me that, um, as I said in my opening statement, that, uh, that the church did not make marriage a sacrament till the 1500s. Hmm, what else happened in the 1500s? Yeah. So in the 1500s, uh, the church made marriage a sacrament, but that's a long time where the church was not involved in this whole mm-hmm. decision of what is defining marriage and, and, mm-hmm. and all that. And, uh, and that it was a, an entirely secular arrangement, you know, in the Jewish culture. And it, I think he used the phrase of something like it was no more sacred than, you know, buying something from your neighbor, um, mm-hmm. uh, like that. And so, so I, you know, uh, that was really helpful. So I, I had a lot, I did help from other people and I really appreciate that. Uh, so I want to make sure I take time to say that. Thank, you know, thanks to all the people that did, um, kind of give me a little bit of prep before I jumped yeah. into it. But, but, if I, but if I could do one in eternal conscious torment, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that one. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a really fun one. Cause I, um, it's, it's so obvious which direction he would go. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. And I, I, I feel like those of us who are universalists know a lot of the, or all the arguments that yes. quote unquote traditionalists have. And I don't feel as if they know all the universalistic arguments. I mean, that's not to say they don't know them, but I feel like in, when it comes to universalism, so much of it is misunderstood. Like he's just going to mention justice and yes, you know, oh, what if about God justice? allows it's everyone like, to be saved, uh, then God is not a God of justice. Yes. Right. Like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> have you not heard any rebuttals? Like you don't have to agree with them, but have you heard them? Yes. I was shocked that he hadn't heard uh, of Prosopovoya and Douglas Campbell and Romans 1. It's like, you don't have to agree with it, but you haven't even heard like the latest in Pauline studies and you're a scholar. Yeah. He's the second person. The the other time was Chris Date. I was talking to Chris Date. And then also, so when I say, have you heard of Prosopopoeia? And he says, no. I, again, 2020 hindsight, I wish I would have said, oh, so you don't understand Romans. (laughs) Because that's, that's the truth. If you don't know and understand Prosopa PM, you don't under, you don't get Romans. You don't understand what's going on. I would agree. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that. I would just say, <laughs> oh, you don't un, you so you don't know the latest in Pauline studies. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's cool if you don't. I mean, yeah. But why are we talking about it then? 
I felt like that a little bit during some of the debate. Like he he kept saying he was like the head of the chair of something in biology. Like he didn't mention the college. It might have been an no. online unaccredited theological <laughs> yeah. seminary. Yeah, and that's such an odd thing to say. He, but yeah, he said it a couple of times. Okay, that's as not... if I, I. Therefore, I am an expert in science. I'm the expert in science, and no, you are gender. not. It's like, okay, that's like, okay. So yeah, when he made the math the statement, uh, you're, let me guess, you're a pulmonologist too. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I should have, yeah, it, what I could have pushed back on when he said that the thing about I know science is like, yeah, what year was that? 1970, 82. Yeah. 91. I mean, when they, when they categorized homosexuality as a psychological disorder. Right. <laughs> I mean, have you been keeping up with the science? Are you, are you, do you read the scientific journals? Do you get a, you have a subscription or are you in yeah. the, are you in the guild? Uh, I'm not sure you understand here. Of geneticists and prevailing science, readily available, human, you know, gender and decades sex of studies. Yeah. Uh, there are multiple genders and biologically mm-hmm. human beings are not binary. You should go look at that. Yeah. Normally, like if you're like the head or something, you're like, uh, well, I was the chair at Duke Divinity. You, you would you say drop that. the name, right? Would he say was, I was the head and chair of fill in the blank university here. Right. <laughs> like yeah. which one? Trump you? I mean, what, yeah. what, what, yes. what, which one was it? The same, no, the same, the same place you got your uh, unaccredited doctorate from? I mean, uh-huh. I'm not trying to roast you, but shit. Like, well, if you notice, I think I'm try- I am trying to roast him, actually. Yeah. Um, I think they pulled back on the doctor title on the debate. I don't think it says Dr. James White. Or it, doesn't I don't on, it's, it doesn't on the Wikipedia page. And in, in, in fact, where it has education, it stops after the Oh uh, really? Mas- after the master's. Yeah, it doesn't include the Oh, that's changed like in, due to the last like in month. The, in the little blurb, it talks about his doctorate and the okay. controversy surrounding it. Okay. But in so the, the little blurb the... at the top where it says like name, date of birth, show uh, blah 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 education it doesn't include the the doctorate see that's awesome that he's actually gotten enough pushback from it he's taken it off yeah but he should well no i don't know if he uh, if he updated his wikipedia page i mean oh that's true yeah maybe he hasn't someone was like nope but it seems seems like whoever did the debate didn't oh i i gotta say too I, real quick here's just a little gripe um like when the guy set up the debate uh and he's a nice guy i'm not i'm not not going after him or anything, but it, it just, it kind of irked me. So I got the email, you know, we, we set it up, we worked on all the details before the debate. Um, and, uh, and he says to me, would you send me over a photograph and a bio? I specifically wrote a bio for that event. Mm-hmm. And the bio that they published in the program is not the one I wrote <laughs> in the bio that he used he mentions that I was the founder of Pacifist Fight Club and he lists pacifistfightclub.com, which doesn't exist. It hasn't existed for 10 years. So if someone goes to that URL, there is none. There's, it, that doesn't exist anymore. And what is the relevance of Pacifist Fight Club to that debate, right? Why did he put that in there? And of course, he mentions co-host of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast, which I specifically left out of my bio for that event because I didn't want the people to prejudge me yeah. that, oh, he's a heretic, right? Yeah. So the bio that I wrote, he didn't even use it. And if you look at the actual back, the back cover of the, of the thing, two thirds of the back page is Dr. Uh, doctor, sorry, not Dr. James White's bio. And my bio is this tiny little paragraph at the bottom. So again, what's the impression that you get? His bio just goes on and on and on and on with all the accolades. And Keith is just some guy that has a podcast. 
Like, I wish you just you should just wrote that as your Bible. Keith Giles, some guy with a podcast. Yeah, some guy with a podcast and a broken URL that doesn't exist. Thanks, <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah. So if we if we if we do another debate, if I go back to that guy again, I'm going to insist. Fifty-fifty uh, on the page. Yes. Yeah. When I send you a bio, you will use this and only this bio. Thank you. Yes. Jeez, that's just common decency. That would have been nice. Yeah. That's again. That's the that's the ref just tilting the field just a little bit. Just a when bit. he's laughing yeah. along with James, all the crowd sees that. Maybe the crowd's like, "Oh, this Keith Giles got something to say," but then uh-huh. oh, the moderator's still laughing with the, the my yes. guy. So yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, he he was not. He was not quite. Not very. Impartial. He was not impressed. Yeah. yeah. So, but all, oh. all in all, it was a good. It was a good experience, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I felt really good after that. Um, good. Usually after I do debates, I say, I'll never do these again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's an element of that where it's like, it's not, oh, I, I guess the other thing I should say um, is that after the debate was over, again, it was two and a half freaking hours, right? And then then we go, each of us go back. We each had separate rooms where we had our book table set up and there were snacks and food and people could go in there and talk to us and stuff. And I sold some books, but the the, the coolest thing was after the debate was over, for over an hour, dude, and these were all mostly young people, young people were coming up to my table and th- most of them would say, hey, I didn't agree with you what you said, but number mm-hmm. one, hey, I, you know, kudos for having the courage to come and stand up in front of all these people, home, you know, and the home court advantage that he had uh, to, to say what you did. And then they'd say, I had a question that I didn't get answered. I didn't get to ask. And they would ask me. And dude, for over an hour, I got to just one-on-one have the most incredible conversations with people. That was gold. I mean, that was yeah. worth it. Um, and I saw these kids, like I was blowing their minds. They were like, well, what about this and this? I'm like, yeah, but what about this other scripture? And they'd be like, what? Where's that? <laughs> so that was awesome. I mean, that was like really, really cool. I was really, uh, really glad I had that opportunity to have those kind of conversations with the people. Yeah. So overall, I would say it was definitely worth it. Um, and you always debate. Like you always debate someone not to try to win the debate with that guy. You try to, you want to impress the people watching. It's the audience. Yes. It's, it's the people the listening. Yeah. And I did see people, um, like when I was, when I, as I was giving my opening and my rebuttal and my closing statement, you know, from the podium, I can, I can see them as I'm talking. I saw people pulling out their Bibles and looking up stuff that I was saying, or I saw them, I saw their faces like shock, like, whoa. And then my friend PK Langley, she's in Houston. She was there for the event. So glad. Thank you, PK, for showing up, being there. Um, she told me that where she was sitting, there were several places where I, where I landed shots, where I would say something and people around her audibly were going, wow, or, oh my gosh. You know, like it was, so it was cool. I know, I know I made a couple of, uh, impressions on some people there and I got an amazing text from someone, um, after the event too, who said he was there, he saw the debate and, uh, he, he was really grateful that I gave him a lot of things to think about. And all that. So again, that's what it's for. That's mm-hmm. that's the reason. And so for me, it was yeah. a win. Thousand percent. Um, so yeah, there you go, yeah. man. I would say just from the debate side, it was a win too because I think though you could have been a little quicker on the thing we talked about earlier regarding Matthew yeah. nineteen. Yeah. I think overall, his responses, though full of words, were very messy and like I knew where you stood and I knew where you were coming. across. From. and his were just like like and even just as an example in his opening all of a sudden we're on abortion and the death culture and this, and i'm like yeah exactly 
Where, Why did he go what? straight to abortion? Where are we like? Are we about? And then like the woman, the what is a woman stuff, and then talking like in channeling your inner Matt Walsh as if this is scholarship now. It was it was very distracting. Like if you're a yeah. debater, whether I agree with you or not, and and part of it is not whether I agree with you or not, just from a debate. Like when we took critical thinking and had debate courses in college, we would have to take the opposite side and try to debate it. The point wasn't to believe what you're saying the point was to learn good debate skills yes and and yeah. though i'm surprised he's debated so much and and is so kind of all over the place in much of his thinking just like he had to get he had to get like right wing talking point shots in which were just ultimately like really distracting but i think that right there see it's because he knew he was on the home court yeah. He knew that 90% of the people in that room would laugh at his jokes. They'd get all of his Rush Limbaugh-isms. They'd get yeah. all of his little right-wing talking points that you're talking about. And so he didn't feel like he needed to come with some really huge, strong, you know, thing that was targeted and all that. He he didn't have to. To win the debate, all he had to do was be himself and and throw off little clip, little quips here and there, and the audience would laugh. Dude, there were people... So at the same time, you know, I said there were some people when I was talking, I saw uh, like mm. kind of getting it when I was talking. But when he was talking, dude, there were some people in the audience that were transfixed. They were almost at the verge of tears. There was just like hanging on every word he was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's there's like a psychosis. Because he was man. hammering home what they All already All the believed. talking. Yes. Everything and, they already believe. Yeah. And they're nodding their head. Yes, yes, that's, yes. That's, that's what they church. came to see. That's church, dude. That's, that's every church. day. Come tell me what I already know and already believe and validate the things in my, because that's my view. And that makes yep. me leave saying, yes, I'm on the correct right. path here. I'm right. Yes, I'm, on, I'm right. I, I'm on the right track. Yeah. 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 So overall, bravo. Good job. Thank you, sir. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I was getting mad at the end, but um, <laughs> it's like, this guy can eat a bag of dicks, man. Come on now. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'm glad December said it in such articulate way. That- she did. And she is my blackest friend. She's everyone's <laughs> She's, she is she is hilarious i'll tell you that she is awesome um so thanks for listening uh please like and subscribe to all the choir cast podcast shows please also if you have not yet done so rate and review this show on itunes or i think you can do that on spotify per episode i think you can yeah. uh, you can yeah. rate individual episodes uh tell your friends share on social media if you feel like it And we'll see you in two weeks. All right. See you guys.